This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. It's time. It's time. Time to get in the zone. Time to get in the zone. With the 49ers web zone. This is the No Huddle Podcast with Al, Zane, and Brian. Brian. 49ers web zone, No Huddle Podcast, part of the Odyssey Network. I'm Al Sacco with Brian Rennick and Zane Nafke. We are beyond excited to start out with our guest today who's a five-time Pro Bowler that rushed for 10,643 yards, gained 14,892 all-purpose yards, and when the lights were the brightest, he played his best, scoring 10 touchdowns in seven playoff games with the 49ers, including five in the divisional round (laughs) in the 1993 season and three more in Super Bowl 29. He is the great Ricky Waters. Ricky, thank you so much for the time. Hey, say that again. <laughs> I could have kept going and going and going. I had to shorten it up. <laughs> no, I appreciate that for sure. Oh, man, we appreciate you. You know, we all grew up huge Niner fans, so, so this is great for us. And we wanted to start out looking back on your career, Ricky. And Steve Young did an interview recently, and he was asked to compare you to Christian McCaffrey. And, and he said some things about you that really struck out, stuck out to me. He said, we all under underappreciated him when he was with us. And when he was gone, it was like, oh, my gosh, he was great. And he called you the sauce of championships. What do you what do you think it was about your game that made you such a perfect fit in that Mike Shanahan offense? Well, first of all, I mean, you have to be somebody who can do everything on the field when you're when you're playing an offense like I played in, especially from the running back position and what helped me was the fact that I played wide receiver. I played running back. I, I did all these things. You know, I even had did punt returns and kick returns and stuff in college. So I had all these things on my resume. So I was ready for an offense like that where you had to block. The number one thing I think that Steve really appreciates me for is the fact that I would block my butt off for him. I didn't want anybody touching my dad going quarterback. That's my <laughs> You know what I'm saying? That's my man. Yeah. You don't touch him. So – you know, I always protected him, especially on the backside when he had to throw and he's left-handed. So, you know, they would have me going the opposite way that you would normally go for for a player. But I would I would do whatever I had to do. I'd cut down the defensive end. I'd do whatever, whatever it takes as far as that. But also I would understand and know the plays. That's the first thing, man. They they want to make sure you know the plays. When you get out there, you know what you're doing. And not only was I uh adept at understanding and knowing the plays as far as running back, but also they would put me at a flanker position. They would put me at the split end. So I would, they would expect me to act like a split end. If you were out there at the split end position, you are now John Taylor for this play. You know, if you're in a, if you're in a slot, you're Jerry Rice for this play and, and, and so on and so forth. So I, I learned how to do those things and how to play uh, adequately 
doing all the different things, whether it's a route down the field, whether it's a quick route, something that I had to do, uh, a timing route, things of that nature. Uh, I, I worked really hard at being, especially a wide receiver, at the wide receiver position. I went out there with Jerry and John. I, I don't know if you know about the jugs machine, right? They had this oh, yeah. machine. They would shoot that thing out. And when I first started, I almost took my head off because I couldn't even catch it. And they would just walk up on it and catch it and keep running. So I had to work on that and get proficient at that before they even thought about me doing all the things that I had to do out there. So it was like it was more than any running back would be asked to do. But at the same time, I loved doing it. And I appreciated that they thought I could do so much and I was allowed to do so much in that offense. Ricky, that's awesome because it really kind of leads into the next question. Uh, of all the running backs with 10,000 or more yards rushing, you're actually third all time in receiving yards per game behind only Marshall Falk at 39 per game and Tiki Barber at 33. You know, you said that you played wide receiver. You did punt return. It's, it sounds like you were doing some of that at Notre Dame. Is that yeah. what you kind of attribute to, to, to your ability to affect the passing game as a running back? Because again, not every running back can do that. And, you know, the Marshall Falk and Tiki Barber are, are pretty good company. Oh, yeah, definitely. I love those guys. Actually, I love watching them play. And uh, those are guys that told me that they watch me. <laughs> they watch footage of me to see how to do that thing. So, you know, I really appreciate that as well. But, uh, yeah, it goes all the way back to high school with me. I've, I played so many positions. That's why I was number one recruit coming out. Uh, my senior year because I was I could play quarterback. I played quarterback at the time. I played a uh, wide receiver. I played defensive back, safety, all these different positions that people wanted me for different uh, uh, different colleges. But to be able to get on a team like the Niners and do that with the players that I was able to play with, that made it even more special because they were awesome. I mean, they were awesome. Obviously, before I got there, they had already won. So they had an awesome team. But once I got there and they saw that I was a baller and I was willing to do whatever it took to, to be great, they 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 took me through the ringer. I mean, whether we were running that mountain with uh, Jerry where he was running, they all ran me in the dirt that one day I was about to throw up. Man, it was a few <laughs> days, actually. I can't even say one day. It was a few days I was about to throw up out there trying to run with Jerry and all of them. But then you would, they would run on the mountain. Then we go to the track. Then we would lift weights. And when we lift weights, man, I mean, we go out there. We obviously some of the guys can lift a lot more than others, but we all go out there pulling our shirts up, you know, acting like we're all uh, Lou Ferrigno or somebody. <laughs> you know, we're all how to lift. And the way we pushed each other, it was just an amazing thing to be on that team, to have those great players, to for me to be one of them you know, and, and welcomed as one of them and to play like we did uh, and to all come together like we did. It, it was just, it was a special, it was a special team. I tell you what, I will put that team up against any team in history, any time yes. we can go. I, I don't know how you would do that, but uh, but I feel like we would, we would fare up well against any team. We had the great players and they, we all pushed each other. Uh, I'm, I'm going to ad lib real quick. I have two more questions for you, Ricky, but the first one, you know, you just mentioned kind of all the positions that you played in high school when you got recruited and you decided on Notre Dame, uh, what, what position did they recruit you for? It was for running back. 
Okay. And that's why I went there. So I was like, I expect to play running back, even though I <laughs> ended up being put at wide receiver and flanker. But I, but eventually I was put back at running back, which I feel like is my position. I love that position. I love the players that played that position. You know, I love Jim Brown. I love <laughs> Water Payton, uh, uh, Eric Dickerson. I can go on Tony Dorsett. Awesome. I can go on and on about the guys that I really loved in the game. And I, I love Roger Starback too. I love all these other great players, uh, Len Swan. Like there was a lot of great players that I loved, but none more than the running back position. It was something about that position that I loved. I felt like that was the like man's man position. Like if you can play that position, you can play any position out there because you're asked to do so many things, especially in the, uh, the because even in high school, I was in the wing tee. So okay. even that they throw the ball to the back a lot. So I've right. always been in in uh, offenses where they throw the ball to the back a lot. They use me on wide like uh, end of rounds, all the screens, the draws, delays, and stuff they would give to me. I love that kind of uh, uh, that kind of ball, and that's why I love watching the 49ers right now. I mean, when you talk about Ed, Ed McCaffrey, this guy came halfway in the season. He showed everything he could do. In half a season, and that was a lot. He threw a touchdown. He caught a touchdown, right? He ran. Man, the, the run he had against the Philadelphia Eagles, I mean, that showed what he's made of right there. And to have him, to have Debo, where he could come in and spell these guys, he can even run. You know, I, I wouldn't run him that much because we don't want to get that guy hurt. But I <laughs> love putting the ball in his hands, obviously. And then you talk about Kittle. Uh, you talk about Kittle and those guys. Uh that's somebody else. They can boom. You can you can do an end around with him. You could do the draws, the delay. You get the ball in his hands. You get a couple guys out there, you know. Uh, and and with uh, Christian McCaffrey, with with those guys. I mean, it's just like I th- did I say Ed earlier because I played with Ed. And, <laughs> yeah, he played with his dad. <laughs> I'm sorry about that. It's my yeah. dad. No but, worries. Uh, <laughs> but I love Christian and and the way he plays and. I just feel like the way they're used, it's hard to stop this team. It's hard that they have so many weapons and they can hit you in so many different angles. And Kyle Shanahan is like a mastermind of using these guys. I I, I love watching them play. I do. And, and they remind me of how we played because we were kind of that same type of offense where you don't know who's going to get the ball. You don't know where to, where we're going to hit you next. And, uh, how hard we're going to hit you or if we're going to come deep. We might get a turnover and right the next play, we might go to the bomb and hit Jerry Rice on you. You never know what's going to happen. So I, I love this team right now. I love the way they play. And uh, I'm looking forward to seeing how they play this year, especially with uh, McCaffrey having been there all year. Now he's going to have a whole offseason. Uh, same thing with Brock. You know, no one expected him to be there and have to uh, – uh, take this team to where he took them last year was just amazing, but I think he can do even better with another year as long as he heals up and everything's right. Brock Purdy, <laughs> I think he's going to do well this year. So you were you were a part of of that last team to win a Super Bowl in San Francisco, and uh, after that '94 season, and uh, San Francisco was the team that drafted you, and then you you won that Super Bowl, and uh, after that season. You know, you you ended up moving on to Philly. Uh, one of our writers at the 49ers web zone, Mark Adams, put out an article last month 
And uh, that article was titled 10 Worst Decisions in 49ers History. And one of those that he put in there was not re-signing you after the 94 season. Um, was, was, that, was, that, was that move? Was that more about uh, business? Was that more about wanting to go with Ray Rhodes to Philly? Or what, kind of what was what was the deal well, with 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 that? No, you you said it from my end. Like I had, like I could just choose where I wanted to go. If I choose where Certainly. I wanted to go, we would have won another championship because that's what I was thinking about. I was thinking about yep. getting paid what I deserve after I proved who I was and what I can do for this team. I think it was time for me to get paid and to get handled uh, like the other players. Uh, but instead, I was made a transition player, not not a franchise player or anything like that. I would have loved, you know, a transition player. And I was left out there kind of to, to fend for myself. So that's what I uh, had to do. And actually going to Philadelphia, that was more of a situation where I, I was, I had other teams that I was scheduled to go see as well, but I only went there because of Ray Rose. I respected him. I wanted to show that I respect you as a coach, uh, especially after what I know you had to go through to become, you know, the coaching of this team and all that. I want to make sure I come there and, and come see you and, and take you uh, as a serious somewhere that I would actually go because you're coaching there. That's the reason. But uh, I never thought that uh, at that time, that's where I would, you know, truthfully end up. I never thought that the 49ers wouldn't match whatever anyone put out there because I felt like I proved myself like I said, and I expected to uh, be a 49er at the end of that offseason. But I'm, I'm fine with things happen the way they, they have. Obviously, you see, I go to the 49er games. I do, you know, I still care about the team. I still want them to do well. I'm not one of those people who's like, oh, they did me wrong. I understand it's business. And at the end of the day, even if I don't understand it, it was business on their side. There was somebody understood something or thought they understood something. But now with the things that are being said, things that uh, like Steve Young is saying, different people are saying, I appreciate that because I feel like that's who I am for real. Uh, you look at the NFL films. Uh, I don't know if you saw that. The NFL films presents. Uh, I was I was scared, you know, to even do something like that. And when we had some of the things we were talking about, really personal stuff uh, to me and everything, but I thought they did a great job in such a short period of time to be able to uh, – explain it all kind of what kind of what happened you know in those situations and everything but uh I'm I'm, I'm happy they they did it the way they did I, I think they did a great job and I I'm really proud of that and I'm proud of my team like I said that I played on the 49er team that I played on I put them up against anybody I'm still close to all my guys uh we go I'm, I'm glad that I live out here so I can go to the game so I can see the guys that I played with uh, and as well as the coaches who coach me, as well as the uh, the guys that are there now, who I feel are representing the team very well. Awesome. Yeah, and I think that Ricky, I think that like from a from the fan base standpoint, you're beloved, right? Like all that stuff that happened back in the day. Like if anybody had nah, took any offense to that, too. it's all under the water. You know what I mean? Like anytime your name comes up in our conversations with fans or anybody like that, it's always positive memories, right? I know certainly. I was, that's my favorite 49er team, right? It's the one that you played on and won a Super Bowl on. And funny story, you, like the, the swagger that you had, the way that you wore your helmet, <laughs> man, I wore, 
I wore a do rag on the playground because of you, right? Like, it was like <laughs> you know, you know what I mean? Like you, you inspired me. Like I, I had the same helmet. I wore the same gloves, like when I played football. So I think that like, just knowing that you have that impact on the fan base and people that's kind of resonated throughout the years. And I, and I want to throw some stats out to our listeners. So uh, Ricky, you are the all-time leading rusher in terms of yards per game for the Philadelphia Eagles in their franchise history. Your top three in, in the Seattle Seahawks franchise history in yards per game, and your top five in the 49ers franchise history in yards per game. You put together a damn good career, man. Like it is well, Hall of Fame you. worthy. Appreciate and I think that's one of the things that people people may not realize, right? Is that you were here for seemingly a short period of time, but you accomplished a lot. Like you had 700 yards receiving in '94 as a running back, right? And to me, like the two plays that stick out to me from that season weren't rushing plays from you. They were the the swing pass that you caught for a touchdown in the championship game from Steve Young. And it was the, the Super Bowl touchdown pass that you caught right at the beginning of the game. And to me, that showed what type of player that you were. Um, and, you know, the question I have for you is, is how would you, now that you've been removed from your playing years, how, how do you like being remembered? Do you like being remembered as the guy that did everything, like you said earlier in the show, like, blocking and catching and running uh do you like being remembered as a champion or is it just a combination of those things yeah well the most important thing is that my my teammates love me <laughs> you know they and they they show me so much love when I, wherever i go when i go to seattle it's it's all love when i go to philly it's all love and it's obviously all love with the 49ers cuz we're really close you know that especially that championship team like i said man we can we can call each other and ask for anything, and guys know, yo, I'm there for you. We're we're always gonna be brothers because of that. And so I, when I look at it, man, it's that it's like being being um being a champion. Of course, we all want to be champions, and that is is what we all strive for. But we also want to be liked, you know what I mean? And we also want to be on a a good team where it's like we felt like we we could make our mark. And each team, I. I was really close to the players, you know, and I'm really close to them. And, and like, what people don't know is like when I was on the Philadelphia team, I was the, I was the captain of that team. When I was in Seattle, I was the captain of that team and that's voted on by your teammates. So that means a lot to me just as much as any other accolade somebody could give me is for my teammates to vote me, you know, as, and even the, uh, the MVP awards that I won, those were voted on by my by my teammates and that, that was also in Philadelphia and in Seattle so it's like great things happened for me at the 49ers and a lot of them were more visible because the Super Bowl obviously and bigger you know it was bigger games and stuff but a lot of great things uh in my book happened to me with the uh with the Eagles and Seattle as well Ricky, before we finish up I wanted to go back to the NFL films presents about you uh -huh. just when you're watching that how special is that? Just was it emotional just to sit back and listen? Like you talked about your teammates, and here they are in the special yeah. talking about how important you were. Can you just talk about what what emotions go through you when you sit back and actually watch something like that? Yeah, because what what is good about it is that now I'm I'm seeing something that that is real to me, you know, because I lived it, of course, but it's real to me. And then I'm looking at it, I'm like, now the guys can see. Like if somebody didn't understand, or if uh, even fans didn't understand or they, you know, people would like to say, you know, I was misunderstood in different things. And I feel like I was in different ways that they see this and go, Oh no, 
okay, that's why, or this is what he's about, or no, he's really a family man. You know, the, all these things that, that it showed, I, I was really happy about that because that is who I am. And I love my family and spending time with them. And, and just to be able to, uh, to show that even to young people out there, we're not supermen. You know, it's like everyone, oh, he's super, he can't, he does no wrong. Nah, you know, I did wrong. I made mistakes. I was vulnerable. I cry. You know, when I watch that, I cry. <laughs> I've cried every single time I've watched it. Yeah. So it's crazy. And I cry at different points in it because it's, it means so much to me and the things that are being said and the things that I know are so real. And now people can see me, you know, for the person that I truly am and, and, what things I truly went through and what I was really thinking at the time. And, you know, just, if you're going to, if you're going to judge me, you know, hopefully you don't judge me. We don't judge each other, but I know you'll be judged. So it's like, judge me on that. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast ricky awesome it was an honor thank you so much ricky thanks so much for your time thank you so much man thank you ricky wow guys if you told the 12 year old me we were going to interview ricky waters that that's pretty crazy so that was (laughs) that that was was, uh, so cool that was a that was a, that was a pretty cool moment. So that was great. Transitioning back to uh, <laughs> off season well, drama. Do that? Like, how do we beat? I know that it's like where do you where do you even go from there? Um, did did you guys see that Ian Rappaport thing today about Trey Lance? Yeah, yes. as we reported on a Wednesday. So Ian Rappaport came out today and said the 49ers have received inquiries from several teams looking into a potential trade for former number three pick Trey Lance. Conversations have been the result of San Francisco fielding calls, not making them with teams aware that Brock Purdy is likely the future starter. Jason Lockenfora also came out and said, and whatever, I know people feel a certain way about him. He hasn't always been super accurate, but 
he came out and said, just to be clear, the 49ers are hoping against hope there is some team willing to give them something of any sort of value for Trey Lance. There are not teams clamoring for him. It's the exact opposite. They hope someone solves the problem for them. So it was definitely two kind of conflicting reports between Ian and Jason, but long and the short of it is there's these Trey Lance trade rumors going on now. My, my personal opinion of this is the Niners are absolutely insane to trade him right now before they have any idea of Brock Purdy's health and what's going to happen when Purdy comes back. Are you going to rely on, on Sam Darnold? I think that would be absolutely crazy. So these reports to me, might something happen when they know Purdy is healthy? Yes, because to be honest with you, I think if Purdy was healthy, he would be traded by now. That's my honest opinion, but they don't know about Purdy. And I think Purdy is their guy, but they're going to have to wait and see if Purdy is healthy. At least it would be smart to, but do they want to recoup picks now for him? Do they have their eye on a tackle maybe in the second round? Is, is Tennessee a fit? Is Houston a fit? And then you're picking 33rd or 41st in the second round. I don't know. But these reports are not going to go away. It may be like a Debo situation where we're just waiting during the draft. Is something going to happen? Is something going to happen? And then the dust won't settle until after. And then if we know Purdy's healthy in this, later in the summer, there may be more There may be more rumors with this. So I feel for the kid. I don't think he's gotten a fair shake, but, but here we are. Yeah, I think that uh, – look, I – I was a big Trey Lance fan when he, when he, I'm still a big Trey Lance fan. I think that he can be a really good quarterback, but I think that what's happened is a combination of a few things, right? It's they, they incorrectly evaluated him first of all, and they thought that he was something that he wasn't. And we've talked about this exhaustively about his running ability and, and, and how he's not a natural runner. And the Niners thought that he would be a natural runner and they've since misused him and used him as a battering ram, but they shouldn't have known all that stuff. Right. There's that aspect to it. Then there's an the aspect to it where, Kyle doesn't have a great track record of developing young quarterbacks. He just doesn't. They fit a system and they can be successful in the system. But in terms of like long-term development, more so than just a flash in the pan, we've never been able to see that from Kyle. And the third thing is, is the injuries. And that's just, just a bad luck thing where some guy just can't stay on the field. And that's really what hindered him from developing. And, and ultimately what is the same reason why they moved on from Jimmy Garoppolo is, is because he couldn't stay on the field and they couldn't give him a chance to compete. So Really, it's, it's a combination of those three things. Does it mean Trey Lance is a bad player? No. Does it mean that I feel like he should be traded? No. I think that bringing Sam Darnold in, to me, was, was a good move for the backup position. I don't want Sam Darnold taking first-team snaps. I don't think Sam Darnold's a good quarterback. I don't. Like, everybody looks at this and says, oh, well, he's had bad coaching. Yeah, but, I mean, some of that the, the responsibility is bared by the person that's actually got the ball in their hands, too. You can't just be like, oh, it's all coaching. And, and – he just didn't do anything. He had a better year last year. He went four and two. So maybe there's something there. But look, if Brock Purdy's out for any extended period of time, I'm not comfortable with any solution because Trey is very green, right? And you don't know what's going to happen. And Sam Darnold is a failed former first round pick that is a reclamation project at this point that has also hasn't proven anything. So if you were to ask me who I prefer starting, I would say Trey because he's been in this system for a couple of years. And he has the higher ceiling, right? The other thing that you want to do is that if you're going to trade Trey eventually this year, next year, whatever it is, wouldn't you want him to put some stuff on tape for teams to want him? Wouldn't you want to make his pack like that package more attractive by having him win a few games and look pretty good and 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 be able to up his value while Purdy is out? It's just this whole situation has been it's been comically bad to me that that's how they've handled it. Like you don't need to alienate 
a player like this, right? When he's still on your roster, he did the same thing with Jimmy and that was a mess too. It's just with the quarterback position, I just don't, they haven't figured it out and it's still year seven. And, and we're having these same circular arguments and it's just, when, when are they actually going to settle on one? I'm hoping it's Purdy, but who knows? Yeah. You know, I, I think we're past the point of the conversation being whether or not they are giving Trey Lance a fair shot, whether or not Trey should get the benefit of the doubt, whether or not they should start Trey to speak. I think we're past that. I, it just feels like there have been little, little seeds and hints all throughout this, this off season already that says that this team doesn't, doesn't believe in Trey Lance anymore for, for whatever reason. And, you know, you hit on it, Zane, you said injuries. I think that's part of it. Um, I think that again, I don't think he's the runner that they thought that they, that they thought that they were getting all of those things. And am I, am I confident or comfortable with Sam Darnold as the starting quarterback? If Brock Purdy's not ready for, uh, for week one, no, but at the same time, was I confident in Brock Purdy when he came in against the Miami Dolphins? No. Was I confident in Brock Purdy the next game that he started against the Bucks? No, I wasn't. But we do have to take into account for how much that we talk about Kyle Shanahan's inability to develop a quarterback. We also have to take into account that quarterback play gets significantly elevated within Kyle Shanahan's offense. And if you have the type of tools that Sam Darnold has, those can be exploited by Kyle Shanahan. And I believe that Kyle Shanahan can get the best play out of Sam Darnold. Do I think that, that he could have developed Sam Darnold? I don't know. And, and we could argue about what development looks like, but to me, this all, I genuinely believe this. And, and, and obviously this is my own opinion and, and I could be a hundred percent wrong. And, and I, I acknowledge that. I think, I think Trey Lance's trade, if, if Trey Lance is traded, it's going to happen on draft day and it hinges on who Carolina takes at one. The consensus right now is that Carolina takes Bryce Young at one. And that's mm. the one quarterback that the Texans at two would be willing to take. So if the Texans at two, if Young is gone, I think they are they don't have any uh, any desire to draft any of the other quarterbacks. CJ Stroud is represented by Deshaun Watson's agent. I think that's a no-go already. Uh, and I don't think that they believe in Will Levis, who was in Rich Gangarello's offense last year and didn't do great. Uh, Bobby Slowick is running Rich Gangarello's offense, right? It's the Kyle Shanahan offense. So if Will Levis wasn't good running that, then, you know. And then Anthony Richardson is is kind of an unknown. He, to me, Anthony Richardson is the Trey Lance of, of this draft, but with but but a superior athlete. And, and he played at least a season in the SEC. If I'm the Houston Texans and Bryce Young goes one, I try and trade out of two. If I can't, I take Will Anderson. And then at 13, I take a tackle. And then I trade 33 to the 49ers. And I bring in Trey Lance, who is still only 23 years old, mm -hmm. who knows the offense I'm trying to install and is relatively cheap for this year and next. Right? $10 million. That's it. 
this year and next year. And then not on top of that, you get a year or two to evaluate him. And maybe you decide, look, he's not the guy. Or even after this season, maybe you decide he's not the guy. And if you're not winning games, you're still in the market for a quarterback next season. It just makes a, it just makes way too much sense. And to me, if, if Houston is willing to give up 33 and maybe you look at like throw in a fourth and we'll give you, you know, one of our, one of our third round comps. Right. So it, it's essentially a, 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 a pick swap, but you know, they would be jumping up a few spots and, and the four would be going back a few spots. Maybe you trade 99 for one Oh, I think it would be one Oh, one Oh four or something like, I can't remember exactly. It just makes a whole lot of sense to me. And these, uh, this idea that the 49ers don't leak, I, I think is kind of hogwash to me. Yeah, the ridiculous. 49ers leak when the 49ers want to leak, yep. right? And that's what it is. And so have they leaked a lot? No, right? You know, and, and, and John Chapman, friend of the show, right? Tweeted out earlier today, all the stories, right? That happened without a, 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 a national reporter reporting it, right? The DeForest Buckner trade was a surprise. The trade up to three was a surprise. The pick of Lance was a surprise. Joe Staley's retirement was a surprise. You know, trading for Trent Williams, like those things didn't leak, but that doesn't mean that they don't leak. It just means that those things didn't leak, right? Leaks are how teams get their information out there. When Rappaport's Rappaport's tweet came out today, I quote tweeted it and I said, in in quotations, up your offers, because that's really what it is, right? It's the 49ers saying, hey, this guy is available. We're not thrilled with what anybody has called us about yet up your offers and and you might be able to get this guy. And to me, Trey Lance gets to go to a a coach that I respect and D'Amico Ryans and to a, to an offensive coordinator who now doesn't have to worry about his quarterback trying to grasp this offense because he's got one that already knows it. It just makes way too much sense for both parties involved. Does that mean it's going to happen? Absolutely not. But I've, that scenario has been playing in my head since the the beginning of April. And it it just feels like it's not as far-fetched as it may have felt like three weeks ago. Yeah. And if, if, you know, back with the Buckner thing, I remember, because I I was more plugged in back then than I am now, I would get a lot of texts like, Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com wonder negotiations aren't going well like things aren't you know he's not getting what he wants and if people were people always want to say like oh no it's going to work out because you know it's your favorite team and you don't want to see i guess sometimes you have that almost like almost like a little you look at it through little kids eyes like it's going to work out right it's my favorite team my favorite players aren't going anywhere 
But if you were paying attention with Buckner, you were like, well, this isn't doesn't look like it's going very well. So the trade, while I didn't know the trade was going to happen when it did, I was not surprised at all. And I kind of feel like it's this way with Lance, too. If you take the red and gold glasses off and you mm-hmm. see what's going on around you, I don't even Ian Rapport said today, he Ian Rapport keeps saying Sam Darnold is the backup. Sam Darnold is going to be the backup. What does that mean for Lance? If, right. if once Daniel Purdy's healthy, if Darnold is the backup, and it does kind of look that way, he's gone. So in the unless Purdy falls flat on his face, even if they do keep Lance this year, he's gone next year. So they may be trying to recruit picks now, and we'll we'll see what happens with it. And again, I, I think it's a shame. I don't think he's had a chance, but we are where Certainly we are. Hasn't. Yeah, and and you know, and and part of this also could be that they're looking at their right tackle situation going, Oh shit. Like mm, this isn't, this isn't great. Right. Like I know, I know what we've said in, in the press, but you know, internally we're like, we don't feel comfortable with where we're at. If you are hoping for a tackle, that's going to start week one, you can't stay at 99. Right. And so what are you going to do? What assets do you have to leverage to try and move up? And Trey Lance is one of them. Elijah Mitchell is one of them. Mm-hmm. Let's be perfectly honest. And I, I'm, I hope against hope that this is not the case. But Brandon Ayuk is one of them, right? And again, if you take your, <clears throat> excuse me, as you said, if you take your rose and gold colored glasses off, your red and gold colored glasses off, and just view it as a business, it doesn't hurt quite as much. And I think right. that's. In in doing this, right, in 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 writing for the web zone and editing for the web zone and, and and being a part of no huddle, right? I've I've become a lot more objective about the team that I root for and love than I was before. Do I think that Trey Lance should be traded? I absolutely don't think he should be traded, but that doesn't mean anything, right? Just because I don't think he should be traded doesn't mean I have to ignore everything else that points to them trying to do so, right? And is there, you know, is there a way to look at all of this and say, you're reading it one way and I'm reading it this way? A hundred percent, right? We can find ways to confirm our own biases, but when push comes to shove, there is way too much smoke for this not to be something that they are trying to do. And Matt Mayoko came out with an article that said, I, I talked to a source and they confirmed that they're receiving calls, but they are not seeking to trade Trey Lance. And to me, that word seeking is, is doing a lot of heavy lifting, right? It's basically what it's saying is we're not actively calling teams to try and trade Trey Lance, but that's it. Like we would love to trade him, but we're not calling teams. But if a team calls us and offers what we, what we think is fair, then we will absolutely pull the trigger. And, you know, uh, even Rappaport in a, in a, in a, in a hit on NFL network said, basically said like, it might not happen during the draft, but it could happen after. And to me, I'm like, well, that doesn't make any sense. Then if you don't trade Trey Lance by, by now, by, by the draft, then you, you should, you just need to hold on to him for the year because there's no reason. There's no reason to trade him post draft because you're not getting anything for 2023. Don't trade an, a, an asset like Trey Lance for something in 2024. Worry about that after, after the, the season. 2023 season. Yep. Yep. So 
that's where I feel like we've got about eight days before we know this answer. And if he's not traded on draft day, then again, I think he's with the 49ers for the 23 season and they will probably look to trade him in, in next off season, unless Purdy doesn't play or Lance just absolutely comes out and lights the world on fire, which is a possibility. So, all right, we're up against it. Zane left like 10 minutes ago. So, he did. Zane. He had he had he had an <laughs> obligation. <laughs> you you never know. You never know when Zane's actually here or when he's not, but he's not here right now. So, anyway, for Zane and Brian and thanks again for Ricky to Ricky Waters. I'm out. Later. Nine, zero, three. One, zero, three. Hey! Twenty four hundred sports is an Odyssey company.